How is it working with B in the studio? She is not like a regular human being, right? Yeah. Artist goes in and you have an engineer, you may have a vocal producer. She is someone that can do it all. Jay Brown was like, look, um, we got the 16 year old girl that we signed from Barbados. Mm. She's young, she's still learning her voice. I need you to go up to upstate New York and, and go in the studio and work with her. Mm. I want you to vocal produce her. I want you to help her find her voice. I can remember during the B-Day sessions, we ordering Chipotle and she was like, "What? what is that? Um, Mexican y'all eating every day with the with the green stuff on top, and I would say, oh, that's Chipotle. You got to <laughs> Rob, go get her some Chipotle, please. Oh, nah. She got it. Oh, nah. She got it. Oh, nah. Chipotle so, with the guacamole. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What we're establishing right now is that Makiba put Beyonce on the Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe this week. That's the vibe. That's the vibe. That's the vibe we on. That's the energy. That's the energy. Welcome to another week of We Sound Crazy. Your boy Fillionaire is in the building. We in ATL still. What up? Absolutely. Claude Kelly is in the building. What's up? Chuck Harmony is in the building. Bacon for Megan in the building. What's going on, y'all? Man. We have we have we have we have songwriting royalty. Man. I, was just, I was just about to say that. And much more. Ooh. Royalty and, in many and ways. much more. And Ooh. so many things. But came to ATL and had to talk to us. Come, go to the source. <laughs> Come to the source. Come to the source. You know what I'm the one and only Makiba Riddick. Yeah. 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 DMV stand up. Listen. Royalty, DMV, like I said. DMV stand up. That's, DMV, that's Baltimore, right? That's, that's, yeah. that's Baltimore is a part of that yeah, yeah, little yeah, conglomerate yeah. right there. So yeah. you're, you're a proud DMV? I am a proud Baltimorean. Honestly, you know, Baltimore got its own thing. Mm. I don't I don't even know if we can be called the DMV. We, uh, you know. She's seated. Shots fired. Wow. Shots fired. It's okay, Makiba. Just come on back. We embrace you. We embrace Maryland you. has seated from the we, treaty. We, <laughs> we got like our own thing going on, so you know. I feel that. Well, welcome, Makiba. Thank you. Yeah, thank are, you for, happy thank you for you. having yeah. me. Yeah. This is uh, a celebratory time. You celebrated a birthday recently. Yes. And I said, yes. you know what? What better way for us to celebrate and to come with your brothers that we sound crazy. So yes. Thank you. Yes. Oh, thank my you. gosh. Yes. We, are, we have so much history that people have popped on. Oh, my gosh. We've been doing this a long time. Yeah. It's so crazy because about. the three of you, like, uh-oh, you all literally put together, like, the soundtrack. You were part of the soundtrack to my college years. Wow. That's crazy. Like, it's, <laughs> that's just wild. I feel, old. I feel so old. I was like, but, okay, make me feel old. If, right, okay. if y'all old, then I'm old. <laughs> it's it's crazy that I'm even sitting here with y'all. Like, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. It's wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. We sound crazy. Deja vu. Deja vu. Wow. Classic. Good Lord. Classic. Can you take us back to that session? I will tell you, um, I've told this story so many times. Long story short. Okay. We had been at a writer's camp at Rodney. Rodney had this compound in Atlantic City, New Jersey, Mm. about 10 rooms in this building. 
bunch of writers down there. It was about it was about seven of us down there, and we had come through this writers camp for about two weeks. And everybody was exhausted and everybody was leaving, right? Everybody was going home. I was ready to go home. And I had my bags at the door waiting for the cab to come get me. And Rodney comes running to the door like, Makiba, I just got this call from, I can't remember who it was at the time, but Janet Jackson's people. And she's working on a project and they need that last single. And I know we could do it. I know we could do it. I mean, we had written songs for Brandy. We had written songs for Brittany. We had, I mean, we had went in. Mm. For the past two weeks, I've really had nothing left. And he was like, come on, you and you and Kelly Nicole Price, come on. I know we could do this. I know we could do this. And one of the other writers, Delisha, was there too. Everybody else had gone. And so we did this record for Janet, to mm. pitch to Janet. For Janet. For Janet Jackson. Mm. Mm. I went back to New York, and maybe about nine months later, I got a call from Max Goose, mm -hmm. who was working with uh, Matthew Knowles mm -hmm. at Music World at the time. And Max said, I think we have one of your demos. Um, and I'm working with Matthew, and Beyonce is working on her album, and she wants to cut this record that we have. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> one of my records. Oh, my goodness. I hope, it's, I hope it's really one of my records. And he said, it's called Deja Vu. Let me, let me play it for you. Played it over for over the phone, I say, yeah, that's that's one of the Rodney records. He said, well, look, um, we want to bring you to the studio, to Sony Studios, where she's working, to work on it and flesh it out and finish it with her. And you know, she got some other stuff she's working on. I'm like, you sure? You sure? Me? <laughs> she want to work with me? He said, yeah, she wants to meet you. She wanted, she wants to meet who did this record. Like, she loves this record. Mm. And so I was like, oh, okay. But in my mind, still thinking like. Nah, this is not really happening. Don't even get too excited. Mm -hmm. not, and I felt like that up until I was pushing the door open at Sony Studios and she was sitting right there. Mm. And so when I got in, she told me, oh, Jay loves the record. He wants to get on the record. We got to finish it ASAP. And that led to seven other records, co-writing yeah. seven other records with her. So how did it go from the Deja Vu record to... Uh, upgrade, upgrade you, you. <laughs> get me body, <laughs> sugar mama, Creole, worldwide. Well, like, how did, how'd you, like, how did it go? How did it that just, happen? How, how'd you end up bodying the whole album? Yeah. The whole album. You know what happened? Um, we hit it off so much that day when we cut Deja Vu. She wanted me to stay. She said, well, if you don't have, if you don't have to leave, I'd like you to stay. This is going to be my personal writing room. And I want I got some other records I want you to work on with us. And it was me and her and Angie and Solange Shout in one room. Angie and Solo. Shout out yep. to Angie and Solo. Um, and Rodney and his team in one room. Swiss and Sean Garrett in one room. Mm. And so it became like at the end of every day, like a competition. Like, okay, who got the hottest records today? What y'all been working on? And we would all come together at the end of each day and hear, you know, so everybody was trying to outdo each other. So me, I'm the girl wonder. I'm like, nice. I'm like, I need all of that. Come on, let's do another one. Come on, Angie, let's do another. We <laughs> yeah. we doing this, and and by the end of it, we had a whole album done. How how is it working with B in the studio? Like, what's is she quick with vocals? A lot of people don't know like just her recording process. Yeah, because she's super behind the curtain with it, but like. That, yeah, that's like that. That's like opening up the curtain at the Wizard of Oz and <laughs> and showing you all the <laughs> all the secrets. All the secrets. I will say this: she is not 
like a regular human being, right? Yeah. As mm -hmm. an artist, you know, an artist goes in and you have an engineer, you may have a vocal producer, you may have, you know, a, a lot of support for the artist. Mm -hmm. She is someone that can do it all. Yeah. herself mm -hmm. and to the point where we would all be sitting back me the engineer the engineer's assistant the writers the producers we we're all sitting back just like learning watching like wow one person like she's she's comping all her own vocals she's i mean it's i've never seen anything I, like also she'll get on me I, I definitely she's amazing in the studio she's quick she can engineer herself. Yeah. She is truly a producer. Yeah, she's mm -hmm. a like, real, real producer. Like the real, it's unbelievable how quick and just how her brain. Like I, I always say, it's you're a not science. Human. Like, it's you're a not science. A, I yeah. always say that. And and what I saw that really blew me away is that she's one day she sang so much. She would say, okay. Um, it'd be like three o'clock in the morning. Okay, guys, I'll see you back at the studio tomorrow at 12 noon. Give everybody a chance to get some rest, get some breakfast. I'll see you guys um, tomorrow. We'll get there at 12 noon. She's, she's been there she's recording there. since nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she and she will sing till she has no voice, right? And I'm like, B, you wanna you wanna take just a take a break? You wanna you want no, no, it's okay. I'm gonna sing through it. And she would sing through that hoarseness and her voice will come back stronger than ever. I've never seen anything like that before. That's crazy. Yeah, she's she's a different different, different animal. Yeah. Different. And and but on top of that, the the greatest part of all of that is she is like one of the sweetest people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. You would think that somebody that's so successful, so talented, so accomplished, you couldn't even be in the same room with mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. But she's one of the sweetest people that I've ever met before. Mm -hmm. We sound crazy. So if you get A&R for a day. Yeah. If you could, or or the songs that you've written for this artist, who else could you hear on it? Oh. Or, or you wrote this song for this artist, but it but, wound up being cut by this artist, you know. You go first, you go first. Oh, okay. Um, how we how we doing it? Tell me tell me how we doing it. All right, A&R for a day. A song, let's start with general. A song you heard recently. Okay. That you were like, oh, this would have been better or good on somebody else. <sighs> a song that I heard recently. Okay, so let me just put this disclaimer out, okay? What I'm listening to a lot lately, most yeah. of the time, I listen to CCM okay. and country okay. All, okay. all day long, wow. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say, and this is not a new song, but the first time I heard it, I was like, uh, mm. Ariana Grande would sound amazing singing this song, and it's Lauren Daigle's you say mm. that's good casting right there and mm. for a day yes i said wow ariana grande's voice on this wow would also be amazing that's good it is good hmm. okay I got okay, I got, okay. One, I got another one for you uh, okay i got another for you so and for a day like you said a song that you wrote for somebody else okay that could have been a huge hit but you all you had it as someone else in mind A song that I wrote. Why you look at me? Because <laughs> there are so many songs. <laughs> no, because I, I think of a I think of a particular song that I wrote for one of Phil's artists, and wow, um, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look you, right? You wanted to fast. open up this door, so we go open up this door. So I, I pitched Phil about five songs for this artist mm. because I wanted to 
work with her so bad. I wanted to be on her project. I wanted to do something with her. Mm. And so I sent Phil the five songs, and he said, I listened to the songs, and I, they're good, but I, I, I just don't think they'll work for this artist. And that artist was... Leandria. Leandria. Yeah. <laughs> Is this bigger than me? No. It's doing that time. window. It's doing that time. Oh, my yeah. God. And so I, uh, I was like, okay, cool. You know, we, we pitch songs all yeah. the time. Yeah. We, pitch, we pitch 100 songs before we get one placed, right? And so Phil was like, nah, none of these are going to work. So then he called me back about a month later, and he was like, you know what? One of these songs in here is called Won't He Do It. Mm. I have a new artist that I signed named Corinne Hawthorne. She's doing a spot on Greenleaf on yeah. own, and she needs the song to sing with the choir or something like that. So the music supervisor loves the song, and, and she said we should have Corinne cut this song, and I think we should have Corinne cut it. And he was asking me, like, are you okay with that? Are you okay yeah. with that? And I was like, fine, what, whatever, whatever you say, whatever, Phil, whatever. Phil. If you think, you know, this is the artist. And so... The song she performed the song, it grew wings, it as I say, and it wings. took off and, and flew off into the stratosphere. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. But that song was, you know, I had pitched it for Leandro. Leandro. Actually, you know what? I got the demo. Oh, wow. So bad I thought I would die. But ain't no power stronger than the one that came and laid down his life. And I got mountains to climb. But the enemy can't stop me because there's a calling on my life. When I'm crying, don't last too long. Because he gon' step in and make it all. That's the the platinum song. Won't he do it? Oh, yeah, Reco yeah. Re recorded by Corinne Hawthorne, who did not fully get the song at that time. If you remember, you, look, I give it to Phil. <laughs> I give it to Angela Jolivet, the music supervisor, yeah. and Corinne to be able to hear that 
hear what that was going to be because yeah. when I tell you I wrote that song in my friend's garage, I was going through it. I was mm. facing an incredible legal battle and this was my therapy, right? Mm. And so for Phil and them to even say this could be something. That's that's a hit though. But keep do you remember recording because we recorded for the show. Yes. And then it was originally a duet with one of the co-stars yes. of the show, yes. Rashawn. And, and I was like, oh. yo, I was like, Makiba, get Corinne to cut the second verse. Like, she, <laughs> it was so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, and that was tough. That wasn't, that wasn't easy. Um, yeah. But. I, I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a songwriter, so I, I can say this with a little bit of prejudice, but I love hearing songwriters' versions of songs. Yeah. yeah. You get the actual essence of what the song was envisioned to be yeah which is yeah. not anything taking anything away from corinne's version because she killed in oh my gosh gave it wings and all oh that my stuff goodness. but there's something about the 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 seed of the idea yeah we do this all the time and you hear like this is what came to me this day yeah mm -hmm. yeah and this is how i interpret it like you're you're just right in the pocket the pocket bro just sitting in there and i was i was like i said going through it i think um um the Braxton family values or something was mm -hmm. playing on TV. Mm -hmm. And it was just all of those things, all of these different factors that caused me to write that song that day. Not knowing, not thinking that it was going to be anything because furthermore, I had never had a gospel song that came out to radio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had been writing with Rodney and LaShawn for years trying to get yeah. a gospel record mm -hmm. that come out and nothing ever came out. And so mm -hmm. I wasn't even thinking this was going to be anything. But... That's, that's, so that, that's a story of songs like you have it in, intended for one person yeah and it's you, most times most times you're kind of glad that you it was out of your control because oh where it lands. absolutely i i always say the song will find a home so now i don't i don't labor over oh i got i gotta get it on this artist i gotta this artist gotta <laughs> cut it no i don't care where it lands as long as the artist loves it and they yeah. put their heart into it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm good. Yeah, for me being in this business, it was one of the first times I saw because I was working with Phil at the label when this song took off and to see that song literally grow legs. Yeah. And then fly. Like And then fly. And then fly. Leg, legs and then legs, wings. Legs and then, and then working the song <laughs> at radio, how it was like certain programmers, they they resisted it. Right. They did? Yeah, and then why it was like it was almost like they had no choice but to put it in. I'll tell you why. Can I tell you why? Can yeah. I interject? Yeah. Because through that song was birthed a new sound yeah. in gospel music, right? Okay. And so I now I don't even call it gospel music. When she performed it on the BET Awards, they called it urban inspirational. Yeah. I call it rhythm and praise, right? Mm. This is a this is a new sound, and I can understand how a lot of programmers did not understand it because you think about like, well, it sounds too hip for the traditional audience, you know, and then the young folk, you know, they don't really listen to gospel like that. Well, this is where we bridge the two worlds yeah. together, mm -hmm. right? And from there, we are starting to see more and more artists do that sound. See, this, so. is, this is why I, again, preferential treatment, but this is why I say you gotta, you gotta make friends with songwriters and producers because outside of what gets told as a story of how things do, the crafting of how genres happen, the crafting of yeah. how yeah. sounds mm -hmm. happen, yeah. the yeah. crafting of how movements and messages and catchphrases and all that stuff happens yeah. is in those ideas right yeah. there. Yeah. It's when Makiba's sitting down and say like, I'm watching Braxton Family Values and I'm going through it. And, and I'm I, going through. And I had this history of music in my head. Yeah. And, how and I grew I up the in the church. 
and I grew up listening to Biggie and Nas, mm -hmm. and I want to create this new genre for the Gen Z believers, mm -hmm. the Gen Z Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Because they may not listen to the traditional gospel music that my grandmother was listening to. Let's give them something. Mm -hmm. McKeever, I want to take this time because it took a lot of trust. You know, again, because no one knew Corinne at that time. I yeah. just signed yeah. her, so thank you for believing and just trusting me to know I wasn't going to let your baby uh, yeah. go without clothing and, right. and right. taking care of her. I'm saying that you and uh, the producers and Kid Classic on the remix, yeah. who also came through on Unstoppable. Yeah, it just I remember because we were at the end of the record, which means the end of the budget, mm. and yeah. they both they all believed, and I never ever ever forget that. And I just remember making a promise like y'all, just trust me on this one. I know. It don't look good. I got this, but they were like, nah, we'll make it work. We'll make yeah. it work. And so mm -hmm. I was committed to, team, we got to make this happen for so many reasons. But thank you. That means a lot. Thank God. Glory to God for that one. Yeah. So one time is luck. But when you're able to do it over and over, over and, over, and over, over, it's part of who you are. It's in your DNA. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about songwriting, what do you think that it is about your songs that resonate with so many people? That's a good question. Um, and I was thinking about this last night because I came across a post by, you know, I got soul, mm -hmm. this, this page that I follow. And they had posted Kenny G. Love Green, who is, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but that's yeah. like mm -hmm. one of my biggest yeah. inspirations. I'm telling you guys from when I was like 10 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So, so bad to the, I was such a fan to the point I was 13 years old. I was at my family reunion in Virginia, I think it was. DMV. 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 <laughs> we was all in the pool, me and all my cousins, right? Mm. I saw Kenny G. Love Green walking down the hall. I'm like, oh, my God. That's my, oh, my God. I'm fanning out. I said, I'm going to go knock on his door. I just, I'm just going to go tell him how much of a fan. I just love his music. I did not know this man, mm. but I just loved his music. I'm going to And my cousin was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I said, yes, I am. Watch this. I saw where he went. I went and knocked on his door. He opened the door. I said, I'm such a huge fan of what you do. I'm going to follow in your footsteps one day. I'm going to be doing exactly what you're doing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. Close the door. And his music just inspired me and touched me in such a way. I don't, I don't know. As songwriters and creators, the way that music touched me as a child I don't know if everybody has this, but like, it actually brings out emotions, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when I would listen to intro and I would listen to Jodeci, Devontae Swingers, I call him my music industry godfather. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that inspired me to do what I'm doing today. And so I always said, if I can make music to touch people the way they did me, mm -hmm. then that's I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to do that. And so I just do what I love. I don't go in the studio saying, oh, I'm going to write this hit record, and I know what this going to be, because I don't. Right. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Right, right. I just go in, and I, I, I write what the music tells me to write. I write what I'm feeling, and then I let it go. I and God that. does the rest. I love that. You know? I love that. Kenny Spin was cold. I mean, I think about cold. the intro records. Yep. The Mary, Mary records. records. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. This, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yo. I saw that post and I, cause you forget. Yeah. You forget. I love those posts cause you forget how many songs that one producer yeah. or one songwriter's yeah. done. Yeah. I was like, dang, we haven't been, we haven't been, we've been sleeping. 
we've been sleeping like and and I think of like now when I write when I meet new songwriters the young songwriters and producers and they tell me oh I, I all the songs you wrote the soundtrack in my college years mm -hmm. and I think back to like when I was like yes. this and I would see Kenny G Love, Devontae Swing, Missy Elliott. Mm -hmm. I'm reading all the credits and oh, who yeah. wrote what. And I'm like, wow, I'm that person now. Yes. You know? It's a bug it's, out. It's so crazy because I'm like, you're sharing your story, but I know that's Claude's story and yeah. I know that's my story. We're yeah. reading credits and mm -hmm. we we so inundated in this music business. I don't know how we knew to do that. How did you know to do that? What, to read the credits? Yeah, just how did you know to just deep dive like that? Because I wanted to know who was writing this. Mm. Who, who in the world came up with these arrangements? Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. who is that? Yeah. I want to know what school did they go to, where they from? So I found out that um, Casey and JoJo were originally from Baltimore. Mm. And so I just started, and Devontae and Dalvin was from Virginia, New News. New from, News. from Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted I just wanted to know I wanted the history on everybody. Mm. That's how I was. Yeah, yeah. I wanted the history. Where you from? Yeah. Who you what church did you go to? Straight who up. your father was who? <laughs> okay. And you, you, you gotta remember like this 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 is way before the in, the information age. Yeah. Yes. You could just Google and figure it out. Like it was it was true investigative reporting. Yeah, right? yes. Like you were yes. deep diving. Deep diving. I, deep. I, I was cold calling record labels. Same. I would just yeah, send letters. Too. I would me just too. open the, I'm like, oh, you're at Sony? What's this? Open the yellow pages. <laughs> Where's Sony at? Right. Calling the, the front, the switchboard, like, right. hi, yes, I'd like to speak to a Clive Davis, please. But well, that's how I got my internship back <laughs> yeah. there. I literally called yeah. Arista, 1 800 6 Arista was the number. Wow. That's cold call. Yeah, wow. yeah. Cold yeah. Call. Just cold calling. Yeah. I, I was Still interning. You want to be down. You want to be, be down. I was interning for um, Epic when I first started and interning for Polly Anthony, who was the president at that time. So I had access to her whole Rolodex. Mm. So I'm looking through the Rolodex. She want me to call this person. She want me to call this person. I said, huh, Rodney Jerkins. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna just see. I'm gonna just see. So I called. I said, "Hi, Rodney. Um, <laughs> I met you at the Impact Convention, and you told me to give you a call. Can you give me a call back, please, at your earliest convenience?" And he called back. Wow. He called back. And when I got home to Brooklyn, I had a message on my machine, and he said, "Hey, this is Rodney Jerkins. I got a call from you." I said, "Okay, it's meant to be. It's meant to be for me to work for him. Work with him." We sound crazy. Rihanna, <laughs> rude boy. Rihanna. So Rihanna. I just, wow. how I met Rihanna was you introduced us. That's how I first is met that, her. Is that when you met her? Yeah. At the birthday party? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that I get a, was call a from, time. I get a call from a keeper one night. She's like, yo, I'm having a little a gathering at my friend's house in the Hollywood Hills. Her friend was Rihanna. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> <Wait. laughs> I'm like, I'm, so I get to the, because I'm, I'm, you know, cool with CV. But and I hadn't told you who the friend you was. You didn't yet. told me who yeah. the friend was. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you were just like, come to my Just come to my friend? I was, and here's the reason why because she said, we having a little get together at the crib tonight. Invite some people over, invite some of your friends, tell them come through. Okay, Phil, come through. We're yeah. we, we going to be we gonna be kicking it at the crib. And me and Tristan Wiles came through there, hung mm -hmm. out, and it was just like, we got to the crib. I'm like, looking around like, this your friend is crib. Like, your friend is real. She's hosting. She's like, do you guys need anything to drink? Anything to eat? Like, you know, it's food. I'm like, it's the host with the most. But, right, it was, right. but that's how I first I met Reed was by way of Makiba. Yeah. So, so talk that's to crazy. Her. That's a crazy way to meet, meet right. her is at, at her crib from Riri. You did so much work with Reed. Like, yeah. 
Like, how did that journey start? Um, it started when I was a youngin in New York City. Mm -hmm. I was working with Jay Brown and Tata, and um, we were working on Megan Rochelle. Mm -hmm. They Damn. also had Tierra Marie yeah. sign the Def Jam. Yeah. And because um, you were actually an A and R for Rock Nation during that period, right? No, this was before Rock Nation. This was before the Rock, this was before the Rock Nation deal. This wow. was Def Jam. This wow. was when Rihanna first got signed to Def Jam, and so Jay Brown was like, "Look, um, we got this girl, this sixteen-year-old girl that we signed from Barbados. Mm. She's young. She's still learning her voice. I need you to go up to upstate New York and, and go in the studio and work with her. Mm. I want you to vocal produce her. I want you to help her find her voice." Mm. And I'm like, Jay, I mean, I mean, she's a new artist, and you know, I'm gonna have to be up there babysitting. It's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, just go, just go, just go. I'm telling you, there's something about this girl. She's special. She got it. She got it. We just need to find that sound. And so I went up there, and there was a 16-year-old Rihanna who had just gotten to America, and she was working with um, Sturkins and Rogers, and. Mm -hmm. Just a young girl, just trying to figure it out, you know, figure out her sound. And so um, I did a record called If It's Loving That You Want with Tone mm -hmm. and Polk, mm -hmm. which became her second single at the upon the replay went top five. Mm -hmm. And we just hit it off. You know, she she began to really trust me, not only as a songwriter, but just as another female in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, she's here with no family. She don't really know a lot of people. And so that's how we cultivated that early mm -hmm. relationship. And the records were coming out so crazy, and L.A. and Jay and all of them were like, we need that sound yeah. again and again and again. So not only was I writing, but then songs that I didn't write, like Unfaithful, like Disturbia, I would have to go with her and cut those vocals until she felt like, this is it. This is my sound. I need Makiba here. I don't care where I am in the world. I need her here <laughs> yeah. to, to, you know. Yeah. So that's how the relationship started in that, I think because she was a young female and I was, I was a young female myself, but she felt like, okay, here's somebody else that I can trust in this business, you know. As someone who's, who was there from the beginning of yeah. Rihanna's career, um, we all have our reasons why we love Rihanna. Yeah. From your vantage point, why do you think the world just clamors for Rihanna? Any, anything that she does. Yeah whether it's a song on a movie soundtrack, mm -hmm. she's having the Amazon Prime fashion show. Yeah. Like, we just, we eat Set, it up every yeah. time. Some, some Fenty draws. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What, <laughs> what is it about her that just, she sticks to our ribs? I think that she is authentically her. And a lot of times with artists, when they are trying to find themselves, they go through a lot of different phases of who they could be, who they should be, who people want them to be to, mm -hmm. okay, this mm -hmm. is who I really am, and this is what you're getting. You know? from, with Rihanna, it was like that from day one. Mm -hmm. she, she, did, she never had to find herself. She was who she was. Right. And and if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Like I remember when she cut her hair, they didn't want her to cut her hair on Good Girl Gone Bad, but and get the tattoos. But she was like, this is me. This is who I am. And I think that the world can see that mm -hmm. the world can see mm -hmm. if you are being phony and you're not and you're not really the person that you portraying to be. It, there's going to be a disconnect between the artist and the fans. She is just authentically. This is me. And I think people love that about her. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah. 
I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite song that you created with Ree? Hmm. A favorite? Uh, we we did so many songs. It's probably some we ain't even heard. Ooh, yeah. Well, I mean, I got demos with Ree and Eminem that never came out. Ree and Jay that never came out. What? I mean, we got we got so many songs. Oh my goodness. Um. You know, I, I vocal produced the entire Rated R album, which um, Rue Boy came from that album. Um, and, and that was just a classic body of work, song for song. A young Russian roulette. Yes, to Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Just a, I mean, song for song, just a classic body of work. Of course, you know, you're always going to think about the singles, right? Rue Boy was number one for seven weeks on the top of Billboard. So, I mean, I guess that's a favorite. Mm. Just It's just that that period in my life will be something that I never forget because I made a friend, I made a family member, and we kind of, like, grew up together. Mm. Yeah, I remember every time I would call McKeever, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm in London. I'm in Australia. I'm in, yeah. I'm in New York. I'm like, I'm like when are yeah. you home? <laughs> I want to hang out with my friend. She would be out. Like, her and Reed would be yeah. around the world, literally. Yeah, we recorded that album around the world. We went every, like, every place was a different song. I know seeing her at the Super Bowl had to be such a... Right. Like, wow. What did you feel? What was that feeling? You know, you know why that was such a bug out? Because now... Mm. which was not then, but now I have three little ones. Mm. And they're like singing the songs and they're wow. singing. Crazy. And my that husband is, is like, you know, mommy wrote that song? And they're like, Shh, come in. <laughs> 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 you know? And so for me, that was like, wow. That, that, so, that warmed my that's heart. So amazing. That. That's full yeah. circle. Yeah, yeah, it's full circle. Let's, I can, let, let me say this. I'm so proud of the class of musicians that I came in the game with. Because yes. we were formidable we were informed people yes. you know what i'm saying like we really wanted to chase the greatness yes. you know what i'm saying we really were trying to be quincy Jones. Yeah. we really yeah. were trying to be these people so i'm proud of us I yes pr I'm, I'm proud, proud of us, us. And, shout, and shout out to berkeley i guess that's just where i do it <laughs> shout out to berkeley berkeley don't hate on us. berkeley, <laughs> berkeley <laughs> in the building berkeley in the building don't don't, don't hate on us we sound crazy <laughs> That's one of my favorites. That's actually one of my favorite songs. That's "Surround You" by Fantasia. That by Young you, Tage. Yeah, that, I, I was getting ready to say that's like top three, really? top two, probably of my favorite songs that I ever wrote in my really? career. Yeah, yeah, I love when I tell you I love that song. I listen to it like I didn't write. It. I'm just jamming, <laughs> just jamming out when I hear it. that song. So speaking of your favorites. If you had to rank, mm. I know all, you love all your babies. I know I get it, uh -oh. right? But if you had to say, these are my top five babies. These are my mm. favorite creations that are near and dear. And again, for whatever reason, but clearly surround you as in that top five. Oh, yeah. What would be in that remaining four slots? Love and War. Mm. Celebrating a 10th anniversary, if you, will. if you will. Shout out Tamar if you will. Shout out to Tamar. But, but um, Love and War. You know, I wrote that with LaShawn Daniels, who was my brother. Blood couldn't make us closer. Um, and that's that's a very special record. And I wrote that, like, right after I had my first daughter. Really? It just means that record. And then to see what it did. Well, mm. let me let me, let me, that, let me tell you something. Because there are always great songs every year. But yeah. there are certain songs that change the trajectory of how people start to create afterwards. Yep. Yeah. Um, it happens every every couple of years. Yeah. But 
there's always this challenge of how can we insert, especially the last 20 years, how can we get ballads? Yeah. How can we get real singers to the forefront? And when Love and War came out, first of all, there's nothing like it. Right. Nothing like it out of the time. Went straight to number one, which is why you see the fanfare for it 10 years later where, you, where fans are on stage singing it to her. Yeah. But what it also allowed was for other creators who were in the studio dying to write something with chord changes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Dying to have permission to let a singer be a singer. Yeah. Do that. We sound crazy. Let me just say this. Sing Makiba. That's 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 way outside of my range, right? <laughs> I'm not listening. I'm not, I don't but, believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that one bit. But one thing, LaShawn always pushed me. Mm -hmm. Right? He said, if you got a screech, get, get up out. there. Get yeah. it, get it out, because it's just warming, it's warming that part of your range up. Mm. And so I was like, LaShawn, I don't know. This is high. He said, Don't worry. Tamar could do that in her sleep. Don't worry. And so um, to see what it has become 10 years later. Mm -hmm. It touches my heart. Every time I see her perform that song, I, she performed, um, I don't know if she was in Detroit one time or where she was, but Kiara Shear came out on stage mm. and sang a piece of love and war. When I tell you, Jones, I was right. throwing stuff. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was. I was like, wow. Um, so that that song is, is very dear to my heart and forever will be. Um, yeah, three slots. Yeah, three slots. All right, so Love and War Surround You. Um, live Your Life. Ooh. Live Your Life. Ooh. Let me tell you That's about that one right there. That's a whole ministry That's right there. Live Your Life. Um, Just Blaze had that hook. And uh, Mike Karen had it at, at Atlantic, and T.I. was at Atlantic at the time, and they said, we need, this is like, this has the potential to be a pop record. Mm -hmm. This has the potential to be huge, right? Bigger than just a rap record, and T.I. was like doing his thing at that time. And so Jay Brown called me and said, they want to put Rihanna on the record, and we, we need you to go in and do something. Let's, let's how can we incorporate her into the record to mm -hmm. make it, you know, what it can be? And so I was just coming back from London with the Black IPs again, exhausted. I had just landed in New York, and I was going to stay in New York for 24 hours and then go to go back home to LA. And so as soon as I landed, I got this call from Jay Brown. I said, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it as soon as I get back to LA. I'll go do a demo. We'll cut it on her." He said, "Ah, ah. Well, we'll see. Here's the thing. Um, they need the record by like Tuesday, mind you. This is Saturday." Rihanna is in Milan prepping for a show. They need to mix and master by Tuesday. I said, oh, well, can we, I mean, can we, what can we do? He said, I need you to get on a plane and go to Milan tonight. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just landed. I'm just coming from one time zone back yeah. to America. Now you want me to go 14 hours back the other way. So I'm on the plane. I'm writing ideas on the plane. I'm recording ideas on the plane. And by the time I got to Milan, well, actually, we had a layover in um, Munich, Germany. I was delirious, right? Mm -hmm. I had been in all these different time zones. I literally was delirious. Mm -hmm. I'm in the airport in Munich, and I'm just thinking, like, where am I going? You know, if I, like, where am I going right now? And I saw 
this man walking towards me. I didn't know who it was because I'm literally so exhausted. It was Rihanna's manager, Mark Jordan, at the time. And he was like, come on, Makiba, I know you're tired. I'm going to pull you through this airport so we can get this done. Finally got to Milan. I'm in the car, sleep. I didn't even know when we got to the hotel, nothing. Had to go to the studio that night to get the song done. We got the song done, and Craig Coleman called me, and he said, listen, we got to smash. You don't even know what this is about to be. Mm. And I recognize your sacrifice, so we're going to give you three days in Milan to go and do you, all expenses paid, anything what? you want to do. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Craig Calvin yeah. in Atlantic. Craig. Craig. Wait. Call me. Right. Call me, Craig. I, I'm tired. I, I've been living wrong. I want to go to Milan, Craig. I want Milan. What? That's no, but but Yeah, but no, it was hard it work. Was, it was hard work. And yeah. oh my goodness, that was that was tough. But came back to America and it immediately came came out. Cause usually, you know, once you cut a song on a record. Artists on the record, you don't know when it's coming. Weeks, out. months, years. Weeks, months, years. Yeah. It immediately came out, and then, you know, when took that, off. When that when that when that Atlantic starts moving, boy. Yeah. When, that when that machine button, starts, when that that's button the machine. get pressed. When that button get yeah. pressed, especially the Atlantic button. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Oh Lord." So you got to live your life. You got to surround you, love and war. Love and war. And you got two more out of the Makiba all time, you know, top okay. five. Um, won't he do it, right? Mm. Won't he do it was also a game changer. A game for changer. Won't he do it? You said you would. Fight your battles for you. They gon' wonder how you sleep at night. Won't he do it? Again, I had never had a gospel record to come out. And I grew up in the church, and, you know, I, my walk with God has been for a very long time. But I was thinking in my mind, like, on the gospel side, right? I, I didn't even know if I could have the same impact and the same success as I had had with my other records, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And so God said, hold, hold up, let me show you something. When that record came out. He was like, won't I do it, though? What, right, won't I do it? <laughs> won't I do <laughs> right, it? Right, right, right. <laughs> when that record came out, what I learned was real impact, right? Mm -hmm. Changing lives. Mm -hmm. We were getting letters and messages from around the That's world good. about what won't he do it was was doing in people's lives mm. we got this somebody sent me a video of this lady who has suffered seven miscarriages right and so the video that was sent to me she was coming down the hallway um on the on the gurney all the nurses and doctors was outside and won't he do it outside in the hallway was playing and everybody was dancing she had delivered her baby Mm -hmm. Right, and they were saying that they played "Won't He Do It" in the delivery room, and oh, I was like, "Wow, impact, impact, impact!" Then we got another um, message from a little girl's mother here in Atlanta, who the little girl was at this time four years old. She had been battling cancer for two years, yeah. right? And so the mother had told us that when the little girl gets to treatments, she's so weak. And mm. she's so sick, she can't even talk. She can't even move. Mm. And so the video that they sent to us, they had brought her whole family down to the hospital, and they were all singing Won't He Do It, right? And she got up, and she perked up in the bed, and she was able to get up and move a little bit. And the mother thanked me. She said, this is what your record is doing for my little girl. That's crazy. 
And so I was like, because you, you and Corinne actually visited, and then we and then we went to go see her at the hospital, and Corinne actually sang it for her in person, wow. and yeah. so it's just like I was like, it was real life moments. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah. real. Okay, these songs are really yeah. out here doing something to people's hearts, you know. And that's what that's what music is for. Really. Yeah, yeah. The, to, to, to see lives. that song at Praising the Park here in Atlanta. And you see a crowd of people singing that song word for word, and there's, mm-hmm. there was one in particular, one young lady standing there with tears coming down her face. Won't it? Like, I, yeah. listen, it was crazy. People that tell it, me I, that. I got chills. chills. I don't. I. I um. The the music supervisor who who got this record for Greenleaf, she said the day I heard that demo, I was driving and tears just started coming down my face, and I'm thinking to myself in my mind, I'm just like. You know, I don't see it that way. I don't feel it that way. But whatever's coming out of me, mm. people people feel it. Yeah. You know, yeah. in in such a way. So I don't I don't know if it's a maturity thing or it just takes time to realize it. But especially when you're on the fast track on the on like the pop hip hop R and B side, yeah, you know your records have impact because the numbers are telling you and Billboard's telling you and all that. Like you know the records are big. Yeah, but. You don't really feel the human to human in- no, impact. You don't. You, you know don't. that far and wide, the song's on the radio. And yeah. Yes, I made it and all yeah. that's cool. But then there's a, there's a moment, and I think it's a moment in life, if you continue to write, if you keep going, where you start to realize where your songs are medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Medicine. Yes. Medicine. Yes. And that's, that's a whole other level of a relationship with music, too. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, no I, now I see where this is like spiritual and it's healing and it's healing me as it's healing you and watching you heal is healing me even more right it's that constant give and take i think for me because i've always written from a personal space Mm. like 98 percent of the songs that y'all hear that other people cut i'm writing about something that's going on in my life same thing for me same thing right whether it's for a guy or a A girl it's just the intention of the record yeah i'm writing about something that i'm directly dealing with so you know, I just, I'm thankful for Won't He Do It because it showed me the impact of what a record, beyond just the radio, mm-hmm. beyond just the party, right. yeah. you right. know. That right. song had impact. Now, like, yeah. what's the last, one more, the, one fi- more. the fifth slot, Ooh. the fifth baby that this you is, like? This one is extra special. This is, this is tough. This is, this is really tough. Can, can it be a cross between? Can, can cross, I say it's a cross yeah, it's between? Okay. you want, yeah. It's a cross between. Get me bodied. Right? Because anywhere in the world that I go, yeah, you gonna hear get me bodied. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in um Spain with Rihanna one time. We was in the mall. They shut the mall down, they put everybody out the mall so that we could shop. <laughs> And then they started playing Get Me Bodied. I'm like, <laughs> how do they know, right? But anywhere in the world that I go, they playing that record. So that's, of course, that's, that's got to be up there. And, um, you know, we remade Ave Maria for Beyonce. Mm. Ave Maria. Until then, when we started working on that record, that I learned what Ave Maria means, mm. right? And Ave Maria means basically like thank God. 
to God be the glory, basically, mm-hmm. you know? And so that one, when I hear her perform that record, it always does something to me. Because if you listen to the lyrics, we talk about like, if I had never met you, you know, we wouldn't be here right now. If I had never, if this, thank God for that. Thank God for this moment. So that's another one of my wow. favorite ones. That's all, all the intention behind it. The, the intention, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. I, can I ask you a, 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 a light hit songwriter flex question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those moments when you're in public, right? And people might not know who you are. Yeah. And your record comes on. Yeah. You get to watch people vibe into your record. Yeah. Best feeling ever, right? Best feeling ever. That's Best. What I'm fe- Wait a minute, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll do you one better. I was having some work done in my house the other day. Um, and the guy that was doing the work, it was him and another guy, and I got all my plaques up in mm-hmm. my keeping room. And he walked through the keeping room. Just just in passing as he was going outside, he said, oh, you a big Rihanna fan, aren't you? You really like Rihanna, don't you? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah. she's great. She's yeah, great. She's, she's great. great. She's pretty great. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. But we talked about B, we talked about Re, but we, we got to go to the beginning. And it's crazy, but oh, baby, it don't matter whatever, don't faze me. I don't believe you want to leave like this. All wow. I Have, Jennifer I Lopez have. and L.O. Cool J. Wow, that started it all. Written by our guest this week, Makiba Riddick Woods. Yeah, let's just put this to bed Come right now, though, Let me because every time I post this song, people, or, or Jennifer posted people in the comments like, oh, y'all hear Shanti on the background? No, that's not a Shanti on the background. It's not a Shanti on the background. It's not a Shanti on the background. Who is no, it, Makiba? that's me. Who is that, Makiba? That's the girl, Wanda. That's <laughs> the girl, Wanda. Please don't ever get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. No, we. that was that was my, uh, the first record that ever came out to radio and my first record that went number one around the world. And I was so young at that time and just getting started, I had no idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what a number one yeah. record meant. And, and somebody tried to show me like, well, right here it says a listening audience of 600 million people. Right. Do, do you understand what that means? I didn't understand yeah. what it meant at that time. It's still hard to really understand that. That's hard to grasp. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to grasp. But But now when I think about it, and I was just telling somebody this the other day as a songwriter, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are writing something in our you know, private corner of the world that connects with millions, millions. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, it's great. You know, and that was one of those records that opened the door for me to, you know, to do it over and over and over again. And I, I could have never fathomed that I would do that times 13. How did you Hello. connect you know? with J-Lo, though? Like, that was one of your first placements. Yeah, that was, yeah, like... that's crazy. Um, so how did I connect with J-Lo? So the demo... Me and my friend, once again, playing around in Brooklyn in a, in, in, with, with DJ Ron G, who was a popular mm-hmm. DJ mm-hmm. in New York. And he had this sample and a track that he wasn't even really serious about at the time. Right? But he gave the track to Max Goose. Max Goose gave the track to me. Me and Curtis Richardson playing around in Brooklyn with this Curtis song. Richardson. Curtis, Curtis, shout, shout out, out Curtis. to Curtis Richardson. Yeah, what up, homie? What up, Curtis? Listen, Curtis. Curtis is the one that told me. He said, "One day you're gonna be great." He said, "You don't know it now, and you can't see it now because the grind is just so hard. But one day you're gonna look back. You're gonna have songs all over Billboard." So shout out to Curtis. Shout out to Curtis. My first writing partner when I got to New York. Um, so we were just playing around when we wrote this record because, you know, there was some things going on with, with Jennifer at that time. And we wrote about it, right? Just as like, 
a parody in some kind of way. Um, I think Ron G gave the demo to Max Goose. Max Goose gave the demo to Dave McPherson. Dave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Dave McPherson who gave the demo to Corey Rooney, right? Wow. Now, I promise you this. <laughs> uh, this is, it may sound cliche, but I promise you this is the truth. I'm in my Brooklyn apartment, right? I probably had a can of tuna fish and cereal for the last two weeks because I was on my grind, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is never going to happen for me. Like, I've been grinding. I've been working. I'm exhausted. I don't have Mm -hmm. nothing. I done graduated college. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going back to Baltimore. I I got my business degree. I'm going to, you know, and my phone rang, and it was Dave McPherson. Mm. Right, right, right. I'm telling you, I promise you, because I was ready. I was done. But for the audience, Dave McPherson was a, a big executive at Epic Records at the right. time, J-Lo's label. So. Right, J-Lo's label. And he did this album, This Is Me Then album. And he said, how soon can you get down to the hit factory? Corey Rooney is there, who was J-Lo's executive mm-hmm. producer mm-hmm. at the time. And they want to they wanna cut this record, all I have that you did. Is that you singing on the backgrounds? C- come on down and, and help us out with the backgrounds and... I was like, I'm there. What time? What time y'all need? I'm already outside. I'm already outside of the Hit Factory. And uh, I walked in the Hit Factory, and I was like blown away. All these plaques on the wall, all of this. I'm like. Yeah, that Hit Factory in New York was yeah, nuts. Yeah, that was nuts. That was nuts. All them studios are gone now, but there was so much legacy. There so much studios. legacy, so much history. We did the B-Day album right across the street at, at um, Sony, Sony Studios. So, yeah, that's how. that's how... Uh, all I had was born, and then after that, I, I did more records with her. I did Hold You Down with Fat Joe. I did a bunch of stuff with Corey Rooney and J Lo. So yeah. Okay, so hold on. We're at the beginning of the career. I want to. I want to give you. Some, I want to give you your flowers. Mm. Then I also want to talk about from a songwriting perspective those early years because that's the that's that misty area where people don't know the, where the hard work yeah. happens. Yeah. But just a little history. How I came to know of the girl wonder was I got to Berkeley as you were leaving. Yeah. And the woman myth and legend was Makiba because she had left Berkeley and gone to New York, which everyone there, I mean, when you're in Boston is, is, is a big city, but 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 also not in any way entertainment business, either way New York is. So you're always dreaming of getting to an Atlanta, New York, LA. So, for all of us still sitting in the classroom, the word was that Makiba was dope. You, one of the best voices out there. She could write, and that she'd gone to New York and had made it. Mm. So giving you your flowers was that. What you don't know was that we didn't know how hard it was in New York, but you have no idea how many students back at Boston you inspired to even be a songwriter. Wow. Because everyone's wow. talking about you. Wow. Wow, little did you guys know that <laughs> I had skipped out on my graduation. I had skipped out on my degree because I was trying to get this internship for like three years. The whole time I was in Berkeley, I was trying to get this internship, right? Mm. As soon as I got word that I, they were going to let me come and intern at Epic, I packed all my stuff and I was gone, mm. right? I ain't taking none of my finals, nothing. So I called Don Gorder, who was the president mm. of the music business department at the time. I said, Don, I got the opportunity of a lifetime. I can intern. I got this opportunity to intern for Polly Anthony, the president of Epic Records. You got to let me go. I said, I know I owe finals. I know I owe. He was like, look, 
If you can do it from New York, fax it back to us. Just do the best you can. I'm going to let you get your degree. Wow. And I had not finished, right? At that time, I had not finished. I'm going to let you get your degree. Go and get the real life experience. And so that's what I did. But then, I made um, a beeline to New York. The, the myth was, I'm like, she's out there, she's killing it, yo, she makes it. We all got to get it. We all got so to. So, so that was, that, these are part of the reasons why I, we back then even knew songwriting was a career. Because no one tells you, yeah. hey, you can go and you can be a songwriter. Yeah. You kind of stumble into it. So, Lil Eddie, Eddie. Mm -hmm. um, was my friend from in New York. Okay. And you, you were working. So when I came out of Berkeley, he was he was like, "Yo, I'm in the studios already." I'm, so I'm like, "Well, can I? I'll drive you to the studios, whatever." <laughs> yeah. So literally, I tagged along with him to Bad Boy. Yeah. And Makiba was running shit at Bad Boy. Yeah, we we <laughs> when I tell you, grinding though, grinding like for real. I lived out in Canarsie, Brooklyn. Right, all the way the last stop on the L train before yep. you get to yep. Coney Island. Right, so that's two trains and a bus to get out there. So on a good day, like during the regular traffic time, it may take me about two hours to get home. But when I'm coming out the studio at 2 a.m. in the morning, 3 yeah. in the morning, and trains are running every hour and a half. A young black woman by herself. By in, myself. In, in NYC. It's nobody on the train but me it's and rats and homeless people. Different times. When I tell you I was fearless, I think about it now. Like, I wow. go to New York now. I don't even want to be on the elevator by myself. Or, or your kids. Think about what your kids oh were doing. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't. I, 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 it's no way I could let my kids do that. Right. Right? My, my family knew that, um, you know, I'm from West Baltimore. We, we it's a different. <laughs> we know what's up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were raised differently, you know. I was fearless. I would come out the studio 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm out there by myself. It's not a soul around. It was nothing but God. That was with me during that time. So I get all the way home, have enough time to shower, get a bowl of cereal, and make that journey back to the studio. Because now I got my internship, I got my temp job, and then I got to go back to the studio, studio at night. Hustling, so man. hustling. That, that, that's the songwriter's hustle. Yeah. Like lots of hunger. Lots of sacrifice, lots of terrible studios and CD places yes. with weird people that yes. you shouldn't be in rooms with, all kind of stuff like that for keeping it funky. Yeah. To sharpen your skills yeah. and get better. And then those relationships. Cause like what happens is that you start to create like a well, this is for everyone. Like I I'd heard about Chuck before I met him. I you start to, there's like the yo, there's this person just, just making yeah. this music out of this room and Yeah. And that was McKeeba's like, yo, did her demos, yo? Like, wait till you hear it's crazy. <laughs> so literally <laughs> Look, by the time all this stuff was exploding, you didn't know there was a whole trail of people that were coming I had behind no, you. I had no clue. By the time I did my first publishing deal, literally, I was so stretched like a rubber band. I was, I was, so, I was at the end of that rope, mm. right? And then what happened, right? This was when the rope broke off, right? And I had nothing left but faith. What happened was, okay, I lived in Brooklyn. I worked in Manhattan. My stop for my temp job was Bryant Park. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. I came to work this morning, right? Just like I usually do. One of the stops was the World Trade Center, and then after the World Trade Center was West 4th. This particular day, we went right past the World Trade Center. I was like, 
we, we skipped the World Trade Center. When we got the West 4th, we sat there for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, what is going on? Everybody's like, what is going on? Then people started filling the trains. Everybody was hysterical, crying. I'm like, what the hell done happened? That was... That, so I got off at Bryant Park. I, my phone, let's say it was not even 9 o'clock. It was like 8.55. Mm -hmm. I had 19 missed calls. I said, what is going on? I get to Fifth Avenue. Everybody from New York City is outside pointing down towards downtown. I could see the fire, right? But I just thought it was a fire. I didn't know what it was. Got upstairs to my temp job, and the second building was falling. Mm. So I'm thinking to myself, I was just on a train that came under a building that was falling, right? Mm. And, like, my world was shook, mm. of course. You can imagine that day was like, oh, my gosh. But I realized that God has saved my life. God has saved my life for mm. something because mm. I was on the train coming under the building, mm -hmm. right? And so, of course, everything shut down in New York. You know, I got laid off. And at that point, I told God, I said, okay, God, this is all I got. I got nine months to stay here in New York, and either I'm going to get this deal, something's mm. going to happen for me, or I'm out. I'm going to go do something else. And at the end of those nine months, I was signing my publishing deal. At the I was end. signing my first publishing deal mm. at the end. At the end. At the end. So many, many parts of that grind in my story kept me in it. You know, but it was that 9-11 that happened that really kind of, like, I, I had nothing left. Mm. You know, that was What was it. the thing that kept you going? Though? Like, what was that? It's because any any ordinary person yeah. would just say, you know what, after the the first three disappointments, yeah, it's like, I can't I'm do out, it. Yeah. I'm done. I, I could, what else could I do? I yeah. couldn't do anything else, yeah. you know? I've only ever done music my whole life. Mm. You it's know, a, it's, it's the love of music. It's yeah. the love of music. We always yeah. tell people like when they ask, "How? What do you do to get in the game? Or what's your advice?" I'm like, "If you love it, if you don't love this, then leave now." Yeah, if you yeah. don't love it, if leave you're not passionate about, I can remember when I first got to New York, staying on my cousin's couch in in Jamaica Queens. Now, mind you, this Jamaica Queens is like a different world out there. <laughs> like I had never <laughs> shout seen. Shout out Jamaica Queens. Shout out to Jamaica Queens, <laughs> but it was an adjustment for yeah. me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know. When I got off the train, all those people, all these dollar cars, I mean, yeah. I, was, I was like a foreigner yeah. in New York, you know? Um, and even then, I was like, how am I going to survive this? Yeah. This is like not my element, you know? But I loved music so much. Mm -hmm. I yeah. just didn't want to do anything else. It, won't, it wouldn't let me go. It wouldn't let me. And it, it, it's, it's also quit. like when, when I listen to stories, and I just, I just watched the Tyler Perry documentary, which is good. I, mm -hmm. I'd suggest people watch it. But it's also this uncanny belief in yourself, yeah. belief that what you have to offer the world is valuable. Yeah. And a lot of times people, we don't highlight that part, partly because we like to be humble, but it really is. It's a belief that you have something to say mm. that is yeah. valuable to other people that keep you going. And yeah. I, I hear that in your story. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, I was so inspired mm. by the mm -hmm. music that I grew up on. I wanted to make somebody else feel feel that. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yep. I love that. It's 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 the only regret I have, and this is for all of us really, is that. The business can be so tough, so tough sometimes yeah. that we're not 
more helpful to each other in the moment mm -hmm. because you're all trying to we're all just trying to figure it out yeah it's crabs in a barrel in a, in a lot of ways you're you're fighting for a couple slots on the album you're fighting for a couple jobs the label yeah. you're fighting for a couple dollars even though there's Usually a lot more dollars than they, than they give you. <laughs> There's always more dollars. Always more, more dollars than, dollars. than they're offering you. But it, 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 to, to, to hear you tell it now and hear how identical it is to my story, yeah. mm. just a couple of years behind you, and to hear how identical it is to your story and, and all of ours in different ways, is that's why I think the power of this podcast is. Yeah. Is that the little Makibas, the little Claws, little Chucks, little Phil's, Timons that you said were just like you read yeah. them credits. This yeah. is the new credits. This is the new credits. Wow. This is the new credits. I remember sitting at Berkeley and um, one of the uh, producers from Bad Boy had came up to Berkeley, Young Lord. And I wanted to meet him and I was like shaking as I was going mm -hmm. up to, I'm a songwriter and I would love to get some tracks from you one day. And now he ca he calls me every day, like McKeever, when we, what we, when we get that <laughs> what we doing? You know, yeah, so. Your, your heroes become your friends. Yeah, your heroes become your friends for sure. Speaking of friends, like just in hearing you tell your story. Yeah. Um, a common thread that I'm kind of pulling from the, your story is mm -hmm. the fact that you I guess, in a sense, you create a safe space yeah. for the people that you work with. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about your approach to when you to relationships yeah. and how you've been able to make Rihanna feel safe, make Beyonce feel safe mm -hmm. with someone that, you know, you're just meeting Beyonce for the first time, but she's like, hey, come in. Yeah. I want you to write these songs mm -hmm. and then you become her friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Talk about just your approach to relationships. You know, people have always told me you never can like put a mirror up in front of you and, and look at all of your characteristics, right? You are just who you are. Mm -hmm. But people have always told me that I have like a nurturing spirit, like mm -hmm. a motherly kind of, mm -hmm. you know? And so I guess that's what it is. People feel that like, I want to take care of you. I don't want nothing to happen to you. You know, y'all, y'all, we, I can remember during the B-Day sessions, we would order, this was like when Chipotle first came out. So we ordering Chipotle and she was like, what, what is that um, Mexican y'all eating every day with the, with the green stuff on top? And I would say, oh, that's Chipotle. You got it. <laughs> Rob, go get her some Chipotle, please. Hold on. She got it. Hold on. Chipotle so, with the guacamole. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What we're establishing right now is that Makiba put Beyonce on the Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we kept That's the part Chipotle. that's going to go viral. None right, of this exactly, information is going to matter. Exactly. We put Chipotle, we kept Chipotle in business at that time because we were like ordering Chipotle every day. But I just think it's the fact that I care, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not coming in just to, oh, I'm going to write this song for you and then I'm out. Like, I care about you as an artist. If it's too many people coming in and out the room, lock the door. Mm -hmm. You know, I, right. I want to create a safe space for the artist. Yeah. That's the only way that they can feel like they want to create yeah. you know and be at their highest level so that's, that's just me that's man gift. i just yeah. want to i just want to take care of everybody that's that's a gift though because you can be able to you can write really good songs and you can still have terrible interpersonal right relations. absolutely you can write great songs and you still can't sing mm. yeah all those things like but to be able to write a song pitch a song yeah because that's a, that's an art in itself pitch a song to label, which is a one kind of a pitch, and then pitching to an artist is a whole different kind of a yeah. There's a creative pitch and a business pitch. Yeah. Get in the room with the artist, not make them feel inferior because you're insanely talented yourself. Let them feel like it's about them. Let them feel comfortable. Get the best vocal within a window of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Olympics. It is. It's, it's, it's the Olympics. It's the Olympics. It's yes. the Olympics. 
And so the gift isn't just that. I mean, I, I'm saying this that you're you're I'm you're being humble because it's not easy. Like no, you can write a great song easy. and send it off and hope that it gets done, but to make an artist, big or small, new or veteran, feel comfortable to bring out the best in them is another level of this business that most people still don't master. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. A, it's a whole other level wow. of, of, of doing this thing to be able to get people to, to bring out a hit record out of somebody is, is. And a lot of times, you know, those artists, they don't even want to sing their biggest record. They don't want to sing mm -hmm. it. They don't even want to, mm -mm. you they know, like uh, sometimes I may be sitting in the studio for eight hours with them. Just whatever they want to do. Okay. I'm here with you. All right. Whatever you want to do. I'm here with you. Okay. You want to do this. You want to do that. Okay. How can I get you? in the booth can we maybe bring the party i kind of blame akiba because you have no man no me you have no idea how many times me and chuck or separately and together have had fights about artists who didn't want to sing this song because they really wanted to sing get me bodied wow, wow. <laughs> i'm like you know what I mean? like i'm like i think you should do this song. like i want something like and i'm like i don't think you should do get me bodied <laughs> No, don't do that. I know one of the people who wanted something like that. Several, I'll leave them nameless. I've been in many today. sessions where I'm like, I was called here to write an R&B ballad, but you're telling me that now on the spot you want upgrade you. <laughs> yeah. And that, that happened so many times. And I'm like, Lord. Lord. <laughs> so, so speaking of artists, like a lot of the people that you work with would would be on most people's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Mm but I want you to exclude the people you work with and give me your Mount Rushmore of artists. Ooh. That's good. Ooh. The ultimate key to mm. Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm going to add to that artist, and I want a separate Mount Rushmore for songwriters. Songwriters, please. Oh. If you will. Wow. If you will. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> if you will. <laughs> All right. Can, let me give you, can I say top three, or does it have to be five? No, four. 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 four, 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 four. Okay. <laughs> Artists, okay. In no particular order. Yeah, it's, it's Mount Rushmore. They all side by side. And they and all... are these are these like artists that like have inspired me or artists that like whatever you wanted whatever to be. You want. Okay. Mm -hmm. My Mount Rushmore of artists. I'm gonna say coming in at number four. <laughs> <laughs> coming in at number four, I would say Hall and Oates. Yeah. I grew up High five me, please. listening to yeah, Hall and Oates. I think that they're beefing right now, by the so way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, restraining orders and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> Not Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates, man. The yeah. greatest duo Agreed. ever. Yes. Okay, coming in at number three, I would say Shaka Khan. Mm. Man, that's a that that, that, that new, voice new right there. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That that voice right there, that's something different, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh I'ma say Nas, okay. who is like I like that. One of my favorite all-time hip-hop artists. Mm -hmm. And coming in at number one mm. is Miss Mary J. Blige. Mary. Man, listen. Wow. Mary. That one right there, Mary. MJB. MJB. The queen. The queen, the soundtrack to my teenage years. And then I got an opportunity to be in the studio with her, mm -hmm. and it just solidified it for me. Yeah, like, real-life Queen, yeah, queen. real life for royalty, sure. yeah, for sure, and, and with a heart, yeah, made of pure gold, yeah, right there. So MJB, Nas, Shaka, Shaka, Shaka. and Hall and Oates. Like Oates. I love, I love how every time someone does, it's, that's exactly how I imagine that. That's that's your, that's the essence of who you are. And, and if I could add, can we add a what, what do you call it, an honorable uh, honorary, mention? Uh, honorary, honorable honorary mention. mention. 
I would say John Mayer. Ooh. That's not John Mayer. <laughs> but the John said, Mayer house is yeah. like because we time. love John Mayer. John around Mayer here. is it like comes, his name has come up. Uh, I feel like twenty times. When it comes, comes to, to I, I don't I don't know if you could care about songwriting and, and not like and John not, Mayer. And not like or have studied happen. his music. Yeah, oh my god, that man's a poet. A poet. So speaking of the poets, your songwriters. Mount Rushmore. Okay. So first would be John Mayer okay. as a songwriter. He makes both he, lists. Yes, he makes both lists. I would say um, Linda Perry, the mm. songwriter. Wow. I would say Dolly Parton. Okay. Don't 100%. play with that pen. Don't play with it. Don't play with don't that play, pen. Don't play with it. Don't no, play don't with do that, that pen. Do- Dolly's the truth. Um, wow. John Mayer, Linda Perry, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. And coming up the rear. And who's that fourth spot on the and Mount Rushmore songwriters? Coming up the rear. His name escapes me, but he wrote um, Lady in My Life for Michael Jackson. Rod Temperton. Rod Temperton. But I mean, it's so many incredible there songwriters. Are. It's too many to. I've been inspired by so too many. many. Yeah, too yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. You know? Wow. Ooh. This is good. She kept it a hundred. She kept it a buck. This is this is the essence of who I am. Yeah. You know, you you know. Let's I would I would, I would watch this podcast. Okay. <laughs> He's like I'm a fan. Let's hope. <laughs> we sound crazy. I, I want to bring it to the to the to the present. To the present for a second because what you've been doing lately, along with still just writing bangers and hits for everyone out there is you found a way to take all this knowledge all this experience Mm -hmm. things you were asking about the artist artist preparation studio Mm -hmm. etiquette all that stuff and now create your next chapter yeah talk about it so the young dreamers agency um i created that when i moved here in 2018 I was going through a transition in my life, just moving from the West Coast here, and our family was growing, and really, I mean, honestly, for the longest time, I felt like I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. honestly. But when we moved here, adulthood really yeah, yeah. came and sat on my shoulders and said, okay, you you know, these years are going by, and it's time to expand, it's time to evolve, and we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. You cannot, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right? That's right. If you're not doing something different and evolving, mm-hmm. then you are doing yourself a disservice. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure out what am I going to do next? What do I want to do next? And doing a bunch of different things. But the Young Dreamers Agency became like a house for new and upcoming artists and singers to provide the resources that they need. Mm-hmm that labels just don't provide anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. I first started, labels would give you a big marketing budget, like mm-hmm. from the jump. If you mm-hmm. go in and you blow the label away, you got a marketing budget, you got a video mm-hmm. budget, you got a studio budget, labels don't do that anymore, mm-hmm. right? None of it. None of it, right? So artists have to find these things and do these things a la carte. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Yeah, I think about hard. myself, if I was, you know, a new artist and I had to shoot my own video and find the songs and have a mix and master, mm-hmm. I would be lost in yeah. the water. So I decided to create this agency to give back to those new artists because who knows, it could be a young Rihanna out there. It could be a young Chris Brown out there. We there don't. Will, there, 
There, there is. will. There is. There is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and they're going to come and through a, your doors. And a lot of times, these artists, they just don't have the resources. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the network. Yeah. And so that's what that's what my company does. That's the mission is is providing these services and these resources for new artists. So how how do people how do people get how do new artists get involved? How do, do they apply? Do they call you like you call Rodney? <laughs> Look, listen, listen I, I'm game for all of it. Go visit the website, tydca.co. I'm at Songs by Mac on Instagram. Um, you know, just, just reach, reach out. out. Yeah. Reach out. Don't be afraid to reach That's out. That's that give back that I love. I love that. People need, you're right, it is a la carte now, and people need, artists are still really struggling for the resources, and it's expensive. It's expensive, and then just trying to figure it out, trying yeah. to put together a plan. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. okay, artists think, okay, I'll go in and I'll do a song, and next thing you know, it's on the radio. No, it don't work like that. It don't work like It's that. a whole lot of steps in between that. And so we provide all of those services to show you, okay, this is how you're going to do your demo. This is how you're going to do your video. This is your digital marketing package. Mm -hmm. This is who we're going to pitch it to, the whole nine. I love that. Mm. Man. Yeah. This is good. Dropping them gems. Gems. Them gems. We sound crazy. The Esther Roll Award. My role it's about that time for the esther roll black excellence award now makiba welcome to the show welcome to this very illustrious important segment mm. when we get to the end of the conversation we like to give um an excellence award mm. to a black entertainer writer producer artist any anywhere in the business that we feel doesn't get the flowers they deserve mm. the reason it's called the esther roll black excellence award is what you just heard was a snippet from Esther Roll's gospel album okay. that no one knew she had until Timon put us on. But it got us talking about how there's so many things that we are doing in, in our career that don't get highlighted. Yeah. Because we focus on maybe one or two people and not the whole. So that's what prompted us to start this segment where we all nominate someone and then we vote and we give the award. And so, because you're our guest this week, you're part of the voting, you're part of the... Okay. You're part of the, uh, the Senate. So I'll kick it off. Uh, my nomination this week is two amazing songwriters and producers out of Philadelphia. My friends, but they've done some greatness for so many people. Dre and Vidal. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love Dre and Vidal. Mm. I like what you've done here. Yeah. Okay. 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 So um, coming here to Atlanta, um, first, for whatever reason, I just landed on this man's album and I just went through the whole catalog. And I've always loved his music, and he's a master guitarist, talking about none other than George Benson. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. I see what you did there. Mm, that's a good one. Ooh, all right. I, I'm going to um, nominate uh, a songwriter as well, uh, a, a woman who I think is brilliant. I'm, I'm currently watching her podcast, uh, Saida Garrett. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I feel like she... she 
when I think of powerful women songwriters who are who never I feel like get their just due for how influential they are, right. how influential you are one. Said is one of the is one of the trailblazers for me in my mind. So that's why I'm nominating. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna nominate my St. Louis brother that I get mistaken for all the time, uh, Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they be thinking he's every time it's like, crazy. When the airport, like, they're like Sterling. I'm like. Like I get preferential treatment because people think I'm Sterling K. Brown and I don't look nothing like Sterling K. Brown, but huh. I'm gonna nominate him. Does, does it like Sterling K. Brown to you? Does no. It, I'm opening, the, it's not you. I'm, I'm gonna do a side by side on social media. <laughs> and have them no, 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 no. Y'all yeah. <laughs> could be distant cousins. No, especially good. since he's from St. Louis. He's yeah. from St. Louis? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. All right, last but not least. Oh, okay, I gotta nominate somebody. Okay. Um, Gosh, I was just thinking of somebody. Oh, you know who I, you know who I would like to nominate? I'm going to nominate an executive, right? Can it be an executive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A young black executive who um, I met 20 years ago, and he really believed in me and has been a champion for me and many, many, many songwriters and producers and creatives for all the years that I've known him. Wardell Malloy. At Wardell. Wow. Yeah. 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 Yes. Oh, yes. 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 I'm going to nominate wow. Wardell Malloy. Wow. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Wody <laughs> so this is this is a tough one. So we got just to recap, Dre and Vidal, George Benson, Saida Garrett, Sterling K. Brown, and Wardell Malloy. All right. So we, we can vote as many Let's times as you want. And then if we get the tie, a tie, then we'll do the tiebreaker. But first go around, you can vote as many mm -hmm. times as you want. Okay. Dre and Vidal, show of hands. Okay. George Benson. All right. Saida Garrett, Sterling K. Brown, Wardell Malloy. That's a no-brainer. Wow. Yeah. All right, Wardy, <laughs> shout there. out to Wardy, man. Shout out to Yo, Wardell. Listen. Wardell is the reason why he's, he was one of the first people to find me. He found me yeah, in the studio me too. in New York. Me too. He's like, you're BMI, come with me. I, I got you. And, and actually, Wardell's who connected us. Yes. Yeah. He's been yeah. looking out for me ever since. Yeah, me too. Man, congratulations, too. Wardell Malloy, the winner this week wow. of the Estherol Black Excellence Award. Oh, yeah. Deserves noise. Yeah. 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 We sound crazy. Makiba, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for thank having you. me, y'all. Honor to have you. Yeah. So much wisdom. Gems. Gems. Gems on gems. Listen, wow. thank you for yeah. having me. This is, we have so much history. I mean, so much history. Probably 15 plus years. Now, yeah. so to be sitting down on this side of the game with y'all right. yeah, is like, wow, full circle. We did all right. We did all right. We did, we did, we did okay. We, we did okay. Because yeah, right. I kept following Makiba. When she was in New York, I was in New York. And then when she moved to L.A., I went west. Right. And then you went to Atlanta, I went to Nashville. Right. So it just, you know. So basically, we, Phyllis stalking you. Right? Yeah, I, I, I take it. I welcome That's you. That's what's really going on <laughs> my here. my sister right there. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on all platforms at We Sound Crazy everywhere, WeSoundCrazy.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Visit Music City for your continued support. Always. Much love. Makiba, when we leave, we ask our special guest to pick a song to take us out. Mm. It could be any song that you feel like is on your mind right now or encapsulates the conversation. Oh. Um, now, I have a song on my mind, but it doesn't really encapsulate this conversation. <laughs> but... You know what I was just thinking about? If you think you're lonely now. Mm. But wait, wait, wait. Which, which, version? But which version? The KC version okay. from Joe. That's what I was about to ask that's you. That right there, listen. That's a great way. 
Is that a great way? I don't want that's to repeat. A, yeah. That's a great that's song. A, that's, that's a, a classic. That's a, that's a classic yeah, right there. And one. I was just thinking, like, this is such a classic moment. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna look back on this. Yeah. And man. all the all the you know it. young executives and songwriters and producers, they're gonna look at this and say, "Wow, that's a that's a classic conversation right there." Mm. I love classic that conversation. I like that. Classic, conver- classic conversations with Makiba Riddick. That's right. I, lo- I love that title. Yeah. Yeah. If you think you're lonely now, we out here, y'all. Till next week, we yeah. sound crazy. I'm going to dedicate this song to all the lovers in the world tonight. And I expect that to be the whole world because... Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.